0: Specters and ghouls rise from the infernal mists beyond the potter's field bemoan the fact that life is wasted on the living and spread your ectoplasm across the flo- oh, I'm sorry hold on one second <laughs> hello uh, no I told you I told you not to call it this number oh my god please please stop calling me Those kids with the Ouija board again. I've asked them to stop. They always call right at this time. Why does this always happen when it's time to talk tall to me? (laughs) I've tried to have my spectral number delisted.
1: You can't. There's always someone who gets through. There are people who don't pay attention to those those laws
0: in place. They ask stupid questions like, Welcome back. I am the ghost of Omen Sade. I'm the last dying breaths of Nick McGill. Together, we are Feckless Momes, And this is Moan Tull to Me. A paranormal investigation in the haunted house of Prog Rock, in which near birth experience McGill and Omen Sensory Leakage Sade take extensive psychic readings of every single song supernaturally long lived band Jethro Tull has ever produced. We will be driven mad by the sounds of the bewitching bogeyman Martin Barr, exorcise demons through the power of D. Palmer's celestial strings, and watch astounded as John Evans plays the piano through psychokinesis, all while begging for visions of the future from the great Scottish aeromancer, Ian Anderson. That cloud looks like a pony. You will die. N- near near birth, Nick. Not near death. No, that's a real term. A near birth experience. That's a that's a paranormal thing. I am I'm baffled by that. Uh, I think anyone would be.
1: Okay, great, great. As long as as long as it's it's a it's a normal thing.
0: Yeah. For me to yeah. be baffled, I guess. Oh, I think yeah. Yeah, very <laughs> disturbing. Seeing ne- nearly being born and then not. Nick, hello. Uh, welcome. Back. it's nice to see you again as always you're looking fresh as a daisy i'm freshly freshly blossomed just for you Omen. oh <laughs> today we have another exciting show in store for our swell listeners our sweet sweet listeners to whom we may appear as simply voices in the ether but i assure you we have flesh and blood not
1: not both in the same place but they are No, they're Nick has all the somewhere. blood, I have all the flesh.
0: <laughs> That's why we it's why we make such a good team.
1: Yeah. Medically advised to stay together.
0: Exactly. Uh
1: yes, in fact we do have an exciting maybe we should have timed this for the Halloween episode. Uh. Perhaps, perhaps I should have. But instead we are we're just we're going in order. We are rounding out the end of Storm Watch here, Storm Watch proper, that is. This is the second track off of side B, or mm-hmm. track number seven for those of you playing on your MP3 player or your phone. People don't have MP3 players anymore. Yeah,
0: It's a phone.
1: <laughs> on, your, on your iShuffle, is that what it was called? iPod yeah. Shuffle? Yeah. And this week, we were talking old ghosts, and I thought this week, because of this song, it was an appropriate time to possibly discuss... The ghostly elephant in the room, what we kind of haven't really talked about, thinking about this album as a whole, as some people say it is the end of an era, others Mm. will say it was just a natural evolution, a natural progression, take it as you will, but I I have some notes that we will discuss before we dive into the song itself.
0: Open your book made of human skin... (laughs) Full of teeth and and recite the runes that are in there printed, Nick. According
1: to the Necronomicon, a, a quote from D. Palmer about oh, fantastic this album, this this tour. Kind of the, these quotes we're looking at just kind of the general the general zeitgeist of the band at this time. Because mm. certainly, near the end of the end of the era, people knew what was going on in the band. Uh, a simple quote from D is, "It was all happy until it became unhappy." <laughs> and from Martin, there were parts that were satisfying. It was a quite disjointed album. I wouldn't say it was a difficult album to record, but it didn't fall into place easily. There was an underlying stress. And then, to quote Ian, My recollection of the sessions is there was good nature, but there were tensions in the band. It's certainly no secret that some members did not have a great relationship, so it was all rather complex. But you make the best of it. You're working there as a team, and you get on with the job as best you can. So for much of the time, there was a certain amount of joking and banter, but at other times it could get quite uncomfortable. Hmm. So after he came back from tour. John Glascock expressed his fear to Dee that he was going to die, and Dee said to keep being an amazing bassist but stop drinking and coking, and he didn't take that advice. Wow. Eventually, Ian put him on indefinite leave to get him away from the crowd of enablers, hoping that would force him to realize things and get himself clean. In response to that, uh, Martin says, I believe in my mind that John loved the music of Jethro Tull more than anybody else that was ever in the band.
0: Hmm.
1: And then Ian says, There was a lot of stress within the band, mainly to do with John Glasscock's illness. We sent him home and told him he had to get out of this spiral he was in because it wasn't just his illness, it was lifestyle. He'd be on stage and his face would be white like wax with a film of sweat. I made him leave to get himself well, and sadly he got worse and then we got the terrible news that he'd passed away did we do everything we could to help that's a question we'll ask ourselves forever
0: wow i just think it's you know what a whenever whenever someone dies too young i think you i think that's such a natural reaction to ask yourself you know what what could you have done differently right. the yeah. truth is probably nothing
1: right i mean in particular when you're with that person all the time. Yeah. You know, but by that point, I think, I mean, I think Ian did, did the right thing. Like, oh, I try to get him out of that lifestyle. And then and then, I mean, it's on him to help himself. Yeah. Ian made it easier for him, but clearly it didn't work. So everybody in the band knew that the end was coming. Dee reckons that it was affecting the live performances, too. They were not as tight and pristine as they had been in the past. After the penultimate show of the tour the tour for Stormwatch. Remember, John was not on it. So after the penultimate show of the tour, they were told that John Glasscock had died the night before.
0: To wow. this day,
1: yeah, that really still upsets Martin to this day. But, but they
0: weren't told
1: well, when I it think, happened. I think, yeah, maybe that or just the loss. Yeah. And but it, it actually hit Barry the most. He and John and Barry were super, super close. They were actually planning to form their own group. And I'm not sure. Maybe oh. that's Talis, which is the 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 group with with Dee and Barry, and uh, there were a couple other musicians on there. Sure. It hurt Barry the most. They were planning their own group. He wept all the way through the last gig, but he didn't want that. He didn't want to do, but management made him do it. They just had one more show. They had to finish it up. So after at once, all that tour was done. Their final stop was a live acoustic set for a radio show and that was the last time that John Evans, Barrymore Barlow and D Palmer
0: played in Tull. Wow. Yeah. Really, I mean the one quote that I want to offer from Passion Play was that it was the end of the of the Blackpool Mafia days. Sure, yeah, that's a good way to put it. And and it coincided with the end of the 1970s. So it's really I mean it is it is a you know, obviously a huge time mark in the band and and the Mm. fact that it's punctuated by uh john's death is just makes it all the more poignant and and i think you know i and i i think it's there is you can hear a lot of that in the music you can hear that tension It's yeah because they're such good musicians that tension is beautiful to listen to even though it's you know not a good experience for them at that time necessarily
1: yeah there is there is that subconscious darkness underlying this entire album yeah subcutaneous sub subcutaneous subconscious subarctic subarctic sub categorical yes submarine submarine so old ghosts was recorded june 28th 1979 took a single day to to rip this baby out um, it was inspired to a large extent that's that was that's no one's <laughs> ever used that before no one will ever use it again It was inspired to a large extent. This song
0: is going to overthrow Macbeth. Uh,
1: Inspired to a large extent, but not solely, by the graveyard at the bottom of the garden of Kilmery House on the Isle of Skye. Oh. And to quote Ian, if you were fishing the river, hoping against all odds to catch a small salmon, there would be a certain time in the evening when the hairs would stand on the back of your neck for no reason and the dog would look around turn tail and run
0: Wow.
1: so you could easily be spooked into feeling that you were being watched over hopefully in a benign way
0: yeah well it'd be interesting to learn a little bit about the history of the, that house what was the name yeah. of it kilmarie kilmarie yeah kilmarie maybe Kil. it's k-i-l-m-a-r-i-e yeah It'd be interesting to know, you know, how old it was and how old some of the graves could potentially be because, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those places date back hundreds of years.
1: So Kilmarie House was previously owned by Ian Anderson. So that, that must be like. That's the one. That's his house. Yeah. It's also the point of embarkation from Route B8083 to Dunringill Ruin. Oh, That makes
0: sense. And when was it it built? Do we know? Oh, that is a good
1: question. Tell me the answer, Wikipedia.
0: Stand by for some research. We're looking up facts that we don't know the answer to. Mm -mm 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 -mm. History. Mm -mm 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 -mm.
1: I got nothing. There's like a paragraph on Kilmarie, which is a town uh, on the Isle of Skye. A village, rather. Its most notable feature is the village, church, and graveyard, and the graveyard has a significant number of tombstones from Highland clans, in particular Clan McKinnon, and Hmm. the Kilmarie house was formerly owned by Ian Anderson. That's it. Let's assume for the moment that it is old. I think that is a safe
0: assumption. I think I'm confident in
1: saying that that's
0: a safe assumption. Yeah. So with that out of the way, Nick, do we want to dive right into the song? Well, finally, we'll dive into the song. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Old Ghosts. Let us resurrect it ah. in our ears. There we have the old ghosts, Nick. Old ghosts. What do you think, old Omen? Old ghosts die hard. That's that's yeah, it's true. A, th- a song for a thousand ghosts. I've tried killing those
1: ghosts so many times, <laughs> and they just they just die hard. They do, yeah, very hard.
0: Nick, Omen, first impressions. Is this a song that you enjoy listening to? I do. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's um. It's another one of those. Where let's see what was the the last one that I feel like oh maybe it was something's on the move something's I think we said this about last week that this feels like it should be a bonus track it doesn't quite fit in Stormwatch sonically it's dark I I I'll I'll give you that but it just it doesn't feel like it fits perfectly I mean I I like it it's it's beautiful in there like it's not a complaint I just feel like there's a little I don't know, it does, it's, it's like, it's the same shaped jigsaw puzzle piece, but it's from a different puzzle. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, it, I understand. It, it works.
0: <laughs> it's one of those jigsaw puzzles that, like so many of them, you have to cut a bit off of. Yeah. I'm not allowed to play with jigsaw puzzles anymore. That's how the professionals do it, Omen. I've <laughs> For me, this is one of the songs, com- especially combined, kind of really the whole B-side to a certain extent coming off of something's on the move and going into this song mm. and and even going into Dutchman a uh, flying dutchman yeah. which is next mm. it, for me it's a it's a trio of songs that i've never looked at the lyrics for yeah. before this okay and it's always that part of the album where i just kind of like get entranced and i don't really necessarily follow the the lyrics and the imagery that sure. much yeah. but there's something about the music that's very entrancing it just kind of it it it, it's beautiful i find it beautiful this Mm -hmm. whole section and it allows my mind to kind of project onto it probably whatever i'm thinking about which is you know snakes or chocolate chocolate snakes obviously
1: chocolate snakes that's a good way to put it i think i'm kind of in the same boat is that it's by this point in the album i've kind of kind of sunken into the the miasma that is Stormwatch, and, and you kind of get swept away on these on the sea tide on the the tide that as the tide comes out, as it, s- it sweeps into that album, gets closer and closer to the center, you you kind of kind
0: of get it enveloped, yeah, yeah. I can't tell if we're joking or not anymore. No, I think so it's a fine line. I know. I know, but I, I think I think more
1: I think more than usual, we're actually serious here about this. I think it does work very well,
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm no, so I sorry. I
1: apologize to all of our listeners. We, we will stop being serious.
0: Let's talk about the music. Yeah. If you will. I, I will. Okay. One of the first sounds that we hear. Okay. There are two first sounds that we hear two or three. There's that wonderful, for me, yet to be identified sound of that rising tone mm. that I'm not real. I'm really not sure if it's the organ or if it's the guitar. <laughs> Don't know what that don't is, know. and I think it is intentional. I think it is yeah. meant to just give you this sense of dis ease. Yeah, and we also have the bass, which is being played by Ian. Ian slaps on the bass in this one. He's quite serviceable on the bass. He's very, very good. He's servicing that bass. He's this. This
1: bass has been serviced by Ian Anderson.
0: <laughs> we will check it up in three thousand <laughs> miles, but until then, it is good to go. It's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, throughout the whole song, like there's some, the instrumental stretches between the verses, like he's super strong. He's really good on the bass in this one.
0: And the bass is is quite forward.
1: Yeah. Maybe this is a, a Steve Wilson touch here. But it is, it is very... I
0: actually, I listened to the, the non-Steve Wilson remix, the original mix, and it was quite it's heavy in, in that as well. Hmm, okay. Which I think is nice. It's very thematic. You know, it feels, gives you a sense of apprehension and and kind of like, ooh, what's what's around the corner? What's stomping? Who goes trip trip trapping over my bridge?
1: Right, like you said, with that kind of sweeping up sound in the beginning that is clearly there, but unidentifiable. Yes, Pulling the bass so forward is, is also a nice trick because you're not really accustomed to hearing the bass so prominently. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, often.
1: Maybe it was just Ian like really proud of this so he made the excuses like, oh yeah, you don't hear the bass often so let's let's pull that forward. I, I doubt it, I doubt I it. I think but... it was an artistic choice.
0: he <laughs> <I> think so. <laughs> then the other thing that we hear is the flute mm. where Ian is doing that wonderful flutter tongue that yeah. he employs so... Um, to such great effect in this song. And it really is almost... Do you know the, the the composition term Mickey Mousing? It sounds vaguely familiar. That's when you compose to an image. That's like, you know, you have the cartoon and then you, you compose oh, or you play the organ to the silent film in sure. such a way that it goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The way when I listened to him play the flute in that manner, especially right at the top... It's like it's it's Mickey Mousing, an image of a ghost for me. Yeah, that's funny. It really, it, it sounds like how a ghost sprouting out of a gravestone looks in my mind. Kind of
1: like wafts on the breeze, almost like a, a jellyfish, almost,
0: yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. Speaking of
1: composition, we got D-strings in here. It stands high on the cat's back light,
0: A ridge of threatening hills.
1: When he starts to sing, the strings come in. When's the last time we heard strings? I feel like we haven't heard strings really at all on this album.
0: Am I making that up? I don't think they've been as prominent on this album as they have been in previous albums. I wonder if she's more focused on the organ.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true.
0: I think Tiki may have just knocked some stuff off of Katie's makeup table. It was a ghost. And they, oh, there it is. I found a fun fact. Yes. The word poltergeist, which word? The word, <laughs> the word poltergeist uh-huh. means noisy ghost. Yeah, oh, you already knew that. I did. Yeah, <laughs> oh. it's it's hmm. German. Is that
1: Germanic? Right.
0: It sounds German to me.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I knew that.
0: Well, cool. I'm never telling you anything cool. again. No, always tell me everything that I already know, please. Okay. <laughs> Other musical fun things we have some really fun time signatures going on Mm, with this piece. Okay. A lot of the verses are in 4-4. Okay. But a lot of the bridges between the verses are in 7-4, or perhaps 4-3-4. 4-4-3-4.
1: I, to this day, well, I've made no effort to actually understand it but to this day i don't understand how you can count how it doesn't just end up being one two three four five six and just count until like you hit like 300 at the end of the song i don't know when do you That's... how do you know when the beat is why isn't it eight eight if it's four four why isn't it eight eight or why isn't it three four like i don't know this is not a discussion uh, for right now but
0: yeah it baffles me. Um, all of our musician listeners are are crashing their vehicles yeah. and
1: I'm so sorry, Joe. I will not pay for the medical bills. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> well, so if you listen to this, it's you know, if you if you if you think of that theme: there's a clear start and finish to that phrase. Yeah. It's written. Okay, okay. One, two, three, four, five, and a six, and a seven. One, two, three, four, five, and a six, and a seven. Bow. Okay. Okay. So if you counted that in eight, you'd be off. You'd be counting you'd be when the phrase piece, yeah. had already finished. Okay. All right. A little little amateur music instruction for everybody. Did I sell you on it? Are you are you down with divided measures? Or are you are you going
1: to use the? I think Joe might be dead at this point, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I understand.
0: <laughs> okay. But th- it's not that simple because there are some places in the verse where there's like an extra beat or a beat removed. Yeah. And I bonkers. I couldn't count it out. Yeah.
1: Impressive, bonkers. It just... The level of expertise that's going on in songs like this, especially this late into Tull's, Tull's oeuvre, you know, how how far they've evolved. It's just... It's almost a shame that it's lost on a schlub like me, okay. you know, that, I, that I'm not there like being, oh, my, oh the key change and the way, the way he count he, he changed the count there. Oh, it was beautiful.
0: But well, I don't think it's lost on you. I, I mean, for me, that's like saying you have to know how to assemble and build a German car engine in order to appreciate driving a BMW. Okay. You don't have to. Okay. Driving a BMW is fun, I've read. <laughs> Someone told me once. Uh, let me let me make it Italian. Driving a BMW is a fun. Why would that be Italian? I, that was a dumb joke. Oh, okay. What I meant was driving my Fiat 500 ABART is a lot of fun. Okay. I have a very limited knowledge of how an internal combustion engine works, but I don't need to, to appreciate it. Well, you appreciate just like you don't know, it, yeah. you don't need to know exactly what's going on under the hood as it were. Okay to get enjoyment out of this song.
1: I I, I feel better about it now. Thank you. I appreciate that. But if the
0: song breaks down, you do have to take it to an expert. Oh, my God. They're so expensive. more expensive. They
1: have to order parts from Scotland. It takes forever. (laughs) It's true, especially these days. Sorry, we need a new flute. Oh, God. Really? I just replaced the flute.
0: Now, Nick, I have a question for you about the music of this song. Yes. And then I think we should probably move on to the lyrics. Let us do that. Is there a languidity of this song that is not present in the earlier songs off of this album also is languidity a word
1: i think it is
0: just like lugubriousness is yeah
1: I th- and i think that might be the closest we've come to pinpointing why this feels so different this song feels so different is it's languidity it's linguini it's languidity and clam sauce. It, there, yeah. There's, there's a, there's a stretch here, and it fits the song perfectly. It does. It like, does. it's, it's, it's great for, for, for doing what it is. But how does this fit into Stormwatch? And does it need to? Like, are we dissecting way too much? Is it perfect right. where it is because that's where Ian chose to put it?
0: Right. And and you know, to a certain extent, it's like, well, these are the songs that Ian wrote when he was living on Sky, and so of course this makes sense in that. In that context, because right. it's about a place on Sky. Yeah. But to me, there is musically a certain oiliness to this song. Mm-hmm. Okay. That I think really works thematically with the rest of the album.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. I like that. Yeah. There's a stretching and a pulling and a, and a contracting. It undulates. The song undulates.
0: It's a little filmy.
1: It's a little filmy. Yeah. It's If you get it in the the right light, it's opalescent. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think there's nothing possibly that we could say more intelligently about the music. So let's move on to the lyrics. I promise you that. <laughs> so
1: this is just a really classy ghost story. Yeah, kind of.
0: Yeah, it it is. It is. I totally agree. Which is nice because we haven't really had just a straight up ghost story before. Yeah, there's
1: there's a level of, and it's not, it's not complex, but there's this level of, like Ian does so well in... In poetically describing things, mundane things, that's that's what we get here in this spooky environment.
0: Right, except it's supernatural things. Yeah, right, 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 right. But you're right. The, the, the story is there's a place I go where there's ghosts at. Yeah. But the way he tells it is so – it reminds me, and maybe this is like a really dumb American analogy, but like it reminds me of a Celtic knot, the way he weaves <laughs> – the language and the images around each other. I get it. It's hard to see where they come from. You know, it's, it's where they start and where they end. Yeah.
1: In that quote from Ian, where he says, "You know, you know, you feel the hair stand up on the back of your, your neck, and it's easy to feel like there's something there." You know, so mm-hmm. so he's not saying there is something there, but he understands how people could get that feeling that get you feeling mm. to me it, it in a way it feels a little bit like, is that from is solstice bells or Beltane or something, something songs from the wood era where he says, you feel the, you, you, you hear a, a branch crack behind you. It's just the old gods. He's offering an explanation to that feeling, regardless of what you think it is, regardless of what it really is. This is an mm.
0: explanation. I'm trying to think of what that song is. Yeah. It's just the old gods. Just the old gods getting older. Stand by well, we look up some facts. Where was it? We heard it while back when we were talking tall to you in the old days. 1992. Ooh ooh Ooh, ooh, ooh.
1: Miley Cyrus has really let herself go. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe it was Beltane, maybe it was Solstice Bells. I can't. Yeah, I would have to look, I would have to pull up lyrics to to figure out which one it actually was. But That is what you would have to do. And I won't. I refuse. Look,
0: I love the first image. Hair stands high on the cat's back like a ridge of threatening hills. Hair stands high on the cat's back like a ridge of threatening hills. Anyone who's ever owned a cat knows exactly what that looks like. Yeah. When a cat gets freaked out and their tail puffs up. And they 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 arch that back. Right. And, and then this the fur on that little ridge stands up yeah. to make themselves look bigger so they can be more threatening, which is adorable. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Ganon does that with Yuki. We're
1: we're still trying to to get right. the 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 kittens used to Yuki, and he is just the biggest wuss biggest scaredy ever so like Yuki just needs to like move and he'll just just arch that back and and bottle yeah. brush that tail and it's
0: he's a, he's such an adorable dope and then we have you know the image that Ian said in the quote of the dog mm-hmm. running away with the with their tail behind their between their legs their tail between their legs yeah how make some now, this one is interesting. And young children falter in their games at the altar of life's hide-and-seek. And young children falter in their games at the altar of life's hide and seek. What is the altar of life's hide-and-seek?
1: Is that a gravestone? Is he talking about a is. cemetery,
0: right? I think that life's hide-and-seek is life and death. Yeah. Yeah you know, coming in and out of life.
1: Also, people return to a gravestone because that's the last physical thing they have of that person. There is no life there. They're seeking life, but it's, oh, that's all they got.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot. And it makes total sense that Ian's kids could have been playing hide and seek in the graveyard. Sure. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. If
1: it's along the road of this tiny little town that your your manor house is in. Yeah.
0: Right. And I I mean, you know, there's there's people have often said that children are in some ways more attuned to the supernatural yeah. than than adults are. And I've I've definitely seen moments where, you know, kids are playing and then suddenly they all just stop. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> good, what's happening?" And then they all start playing again. Yeah. It was Children of the Corn, but still. I was babysitting a kid once, and this was the most hair-raising moment of, like, child interaction I've ever had. We were playing, like, a normal game with, like, you know, action figures and whatever. And then he got quiet for a couple minutes, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, he said, Something strange is going on. Oh, my God. Something strange is happening. And I was just like, what? What? And I think it must have been something that he heard off of television.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's clearly like a, a mimicking of something, but still.
0: but I have never felt chills run up my back so yeah. intensely.
1: That's creepier than mine. I was gonna say I don't remember when it was, but my my nephew, who must have been God like only like five or six or something, but we were I think we were at my dad's outside barbecuing, and he just like he just walked by and just eerily said, Goodbye, Uncle Nick. And he just, like, kept on walking. Like, it was a drive-by of that. And everybody around was like, what?
0: What does he know that we don't? Yeah, he saw he saw the he saw the crows yeah. circling around you. So the, the then we get to the chorus. I'll be coming again like an old dog in pain, blown through the eye of a hurricane, down to the stones where old ghosts play. I'll be coming again like an old dog in pain. To play. Hey. There's a lot going on in those three lines, and I could be 100% wrong, but I've got a little bit of a theory. Okay, can I give you a Velvet Mondegreen first? Velvet me.
1: Put your velvet on me. Is it a bear? See he shaking his hair. Is it velvet mondegreen? I used to hear it as an old dog in vain. Yes, I used to hear that as well, actually. Yeah, like it's like you just give up. Basically, you're you're trying you're trying so hard for nothing because you're gonna die soon.
0: Right, or That's I, how I, I I used to think it. that like a dog who is digging for a bone that's not there.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so so give me, give me your theory. You said you have a, a theory
0: on it? Yeah, so I'll be coming again. So essentially, I'll be coming again, subclause, subclause, down to the stones where old ghosts play. Uh-huh. So for me, that indicates two things. If it's a place where he was fishing, then he'll be coming back because sure. he likes fishing. Who doesn't? And then the other thing is, I'll be coming again to this graveyard because i'm going to die. Ooh, okay. For me i wonder if there's an implication of like, yeah, i'll be here no matter how many times i go away, i'll always come back here at least once more.
1: Yeah, there there will always be one more return. Yeah. Right.
0: Even if, you know, i mean who knows if that's really accurate, but that, that's sort of what it makes me think of.
1: I like that. It adds to the to the creepiness. Yeah. Of the whole thing. And the there's nothing in his control in this song. Like he is really just an observer here. Mm. Tying that in with, uh, well, I'll be back one more time as uh, to join you as a ghost among the headstones that fits in with the, the lack of control there. I yeah, think.
0: that's an interesting point. What do you make of that final verse? Misty colors unfold, a black cloth cold. Misty colors unfold, a black cloth cold. Is that just nightfall? I think it is. Yeah, and and nightfall on the Isle of Sky, like everywhere, the temperature drops, but you would probably notice it a lot more, and you know, in northern climates, when the sun goes down, you really feel that drop in temperature.
1: Yeah, particularly if it's right by a river. That that he's fishing on you know the yeah. the the mist the fog is going to come off of that
0: right yes and and the colors you know would be if, would all kind of mesh together and give that you know have that kind of gray scale feeling mm-hmm.
1: but then we get the opposite of that coin at the end of that verse as well uh i draw around me like a cloak and soundless glide adrifting on Eddie's world and beech leaves furled brown and gold they fly in the warm mesh of sunlight Sifting now from a cloudless sky.
0: I draw around me like a cloak and soundless glad. On Eddie's world, in each leaves, pearl, round gold, red flag. In the warm mesh of sunlight, sifting now from a
1: cloudless sky. There are two sides. There is night, there is day. But even in day, there's wind whipping the leaves. And this is such a halloween song, you know. It I is that, so like, cool. that like autumn yeah. feel to it. You
0: know, he almost is describing himself as a ghost. I draw around me like a cloak and soundless glide adrifting on Eddie's. Like I soundless glide adrifting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And to your point, like we start with black cloth cold and end with warm mesh of sunlight it's almost like passing in and out of shadows yeah and as we remember from our geography and topography uh-huh. yeah that's how that's pronounced it totally yeah. it could be yeah you know sky has all these mountains sure uh-huh. the coolins and so that gives you ample opportunity for darkness and and light you know if you pass into or out of the shadow of one of those mountains you could have a big a drastic change in temperature and how everything looks and the light and everything
1: Right. Even with the sun out. Yeah. And and just just to kind of add to your theory that he's a ghost here. Theoretically, if if he's a living human being, he he goes home at night. Right. You know, he sees the sun set. He may be outside while the sun sets, but presumably he's going to be the sun will be risen before he gets up. You know, he should not be seeing sunset and sunrise in the graveyard.
0: No. You
1: know, so he's he's not going anywhere as the day cycle moves through. He's he's tethered to that spot.
0: Have you also I mean, maybe this is me just totally projecting, but have you ever been out in nature or anywhere and been alone and had that thought of like, am I really here or am I haunting this place? Like, like, could I be a ghost and not know it? Have you ever thought about that? Was that that weekend that you ate all of those mushrooms? <laughs> they looked so friendly in the woods. No, this is something I used to think about. You know, it's like how would you know if you're out by yourself? I you know this is more teenage thought, teenage omen thought. Sure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How could you prove that you are not? Well, and really, in any case, you know how it's. it's I guess it gets to like. How do you know that what you're perceiving is your reality? Just because you think you're a living human being, how do you know that you're not maybe a ghost and you're making it all up?
1: It feels a little bit like the sixth sense in, in that it's all about your perception and knowledge. And once you, once you learn the truth, you can't go back. Mm. So, so regardless of how you're living, that's, that's how you're living. You know, so it does it does it do any good to wonder that? Right. I'm, I'm speaking into a Ouija board right now, by the way. Everyone, <laughs> Omen is not a living human being.
0: No. there's a reason. There's a reason we don't do this show live. <laughs> because we're dead. No, but it, 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 for me, what he's describing is that feeling of like, oh, I could be a spirit.
1: Right. When you're so, so far removed, if a person exists in the middle of the woods and no one's around to hear them. Do they exist?
0: If they don't post it on Instagram, did it <laughs> really happen? <laughs> did it happen? And and for me, the times that I've experienced those are in you know kind of profound natural settings. Like when uh, the other couple of weeks ago, I went to Santa Fe and went to this ancient Pueblo site with a couple of friends, and it's like it's so quiet out there. It's crazy. Yeah. And we were walking along, and there are these huge rocks. And sometimes I would go on one side of the rock, and they'd be on the other side of the rock for you know just thirty seconds or a minute. And in those 30 seconds, I remember thinking to myself, like, am I the only person in the world? You Michael collins yourself. yourself. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did.
1: Just to wrap up that, I think that's really, we've lost that, that awe and that grandeur in the growth of our civilization. I mean, that
0: was- With communication and everything. Yeah. That
1: was probably a, a pretty common feeling. I, I think so. Common, but less affecting- two people, you know, it, they were probably more accustomed to it because Maybe. there was no noise, there was no pollution, there was no overcrowding.
0: No apps dinging on your phone every 30 seconds. There was a lot of cholera,
1: you know, but I mean...
0: A lot more chances for death too. So more exactly. opportunities to be like, am I dead? Did the plague kill me?
1: Yeah, you see death more readily and more often and, and it is it is less guaranteed like, oh, you are going to live until you're 90. like. We know we have a we have a lifespan as human adults in 2021 or 2022 when you hear this from
0: the past. And and yet and yet the thing that um connects us to our our ancestors is all of us do die. Mm. And as the Stoics said, you should meditate on in Latin. What is it? Memento Mori. Remember that yeah. you will die. Yeah. Remember death. Yeah. And I think this is such a wonderful kind of fun, spooky take on that concept. It's like, oh, yeah, there's the graveyard that eventually I will be there, whether it's that graveyard or a different graveyard. Yeah. I'm going to go back there at some point. And having that spooky feeling on the back of your neck of reminding you like death is awaiting. It's not weird. It's just normal. Yeah,
1: right. I think I think honestly, maybe that's the big takeaway from this is it's not weird. It's normal.
0: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Death. (laughs) Welcome back to my channel. Die, Death to me. (laughs) Die, Death to me.
1: Omen, do you have any favorite ghost stories just like that that resonate with you or anything personal paranormal or something like that
0: i was gonna ask you the same question so i expect a response after i'm done but i have two i have two fun things one was i i don't think i've ever really seen a ghost or experienced ghosting well i've experienced ghosting (laughs) 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 back before
1: it was called ghosting but yeah
0: (laughs) no but um one time so uh When I was a teenager, my mom and my stepdad owned the house that my grandmother and grandfather had lived in years previously. Mm -hmm. And uh, my grandfather had actually died in the house of old age, you know, died in Super common. Yeah. Yeah. You know, super, super norm. And in this house, you probably remember this. If you're standing in the bathroom, if you looked in the bathroom mirror, you could see a part of the office behind you. Yeah close by each other. So one time I was like brushing my teeth, getting ready for bed. And I looked up and out of the, in the mirror, I saw somebody standing in the office. (sighs) And I thought, oh yeah, well it's, you know, it's either my stepdad or my mom. And so I finished brushing my teeth and two seconds later turned around and there was nobody in the office and there was no one in that whole part of the house. And in my mind, I was like, oh, that was my grandfather checking up on me. Oh okay. Yeah. 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 Could be. I don't know. Not a strong ghost story. But um <laughs> my my favorite local haunting is the the theater that I first performed at in Oswego where I did Oliver the musical and I was the Artful Dodger. Ooh. There was a story that that theater was haunted by the ghost of an electrician who had been working late in the fly system one night in like the 50s or 60s and electrocuted himself and fallen and died on the stage. And the story that that the uh, stagehands told was that in a recent year, the technical director had been finishing up some work late in the theater and was working by himself up on a ladder. And someone, he looked down and someone walked onto the stage, this old, this like person in old timey clothes walked onto the stage and stared up at him and slowly shook his head Ooh. and then walked away. And the guy came down from the ladder and there was no one in the entire theater. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. That was, I like that
1: one. What about you? I don't have anything that I've personally experienced, I don't think, that I, that I can recall. I know that, that in, in Jordan, New York, upstate, there's a, a restaurant called, what's it called? The the Wayside Irish Pub. It's like on this corner. And I remember oh. it's like my dad never, ever, ever, ever talked. I don't think he believes in any of this stuff. I don't think he believes in anything supernatural or whatever. But every now and then when we drove by that restaurant, he would say the upstairs of that place is is really haunted. <laughs> and it's the the Wayside Irish Pub apparently – the first instance of the haunting was back in the 60s when someone saw like a transparent lady in the in the window, of uh, the upstairs window when it was closed due to a, a fire.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Because that, that stuff happens in restaurants all the time. And then they say there's like a, a friendly ghost named Harry and, and all sorts of stuff. It's been featured on a couple of like haunted New York yeah. things and the stuff. But but that's that's like the one that's like every time I drive by, I'm like, eh, maybe. Who knows?
0: In Santa Fe, there's a a hotel that apparently is so haunted that they have to ask the ghost's approval before they do any renovation on it because otherwise she'll like steal the tools and like make stuff happen. Wow. And apparently she really loves roses. So every time they need to fix anything in the place, they bring like a dozen roses to the room. That's super haunted. And they're like, here you go. Just let us do some things. We need to do some upkeep. And then she's cool with it.
1: It's just a lady that lives in the walls. And just, she just like really likes flowers. Eats roses. And eats roses for some reason. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird.
0: Next week. Do you know what we're talking next week? I do know what we're talking about Last next week. Last Let's week? <laughs> I do know what we're talking about next week because I listened to the before and after of this song to try mm. to get a sense of the flow. Nice. nice and nice. we are listening next week to Flying Dutchman. It's Dunringo. <laughs> You goddamn disaster! <laughs> next week we are—I am oh, just getting this in just now. Next well, week this, we're this talking. Just in. We're talking to. All, we're listening and then talking to all about Dungringle. Dun ringle. <laughs> not dung, not done next, Gringle. Next week, Nick, I believe that we're talking about Dunringle. That's right. I'm so proud that you got that, Omen, on the first try. First try and
1: everything. So impressive. Until next week, while the misty colors unfold, a black cloth of cold, look up into that black cloth and pluck out five stars for us. Drop those into Apple Podcasts to give us a review while you're at it. Remind us of our mortality and how soon even this podcast will come to an end.
0: No one will live forever, including you, but your legacy can live on in the form of a positive review and five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And
1: what better way to be buried for the rest of your life than in some Talk Tall to Me merch? Head on over to the Talk Tall to Me store. <laughs> little little dark there, a little macabre. Yeah, buy some merch. Link in the show notes. <laughs> Until next week.
0: if, if you... i got one more. Okay. If you feel like you are a lonely, drifting ghost in the world of Jethro Tull, join the festive graveyard of our patreon where you can consort with other members of the delightful undead and for only five dollars a month you can chat away with all the other ghosts there who haunt the our patreon page and discord channel
1: until next week i am the old dog in pain nick mcgill i am the whirling beech leaf omen said we
0: are the children faltering in their games the feckless mom's and this is blowing you through the eye of a hurricane. Talk tall to me. Oh, you're You're getting getting so much better better at that. That's great, it's really scary. I've been, I've been working from the
1: diaphragm up instead of just the lungs, I, I yeah. feel like I get better control. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's important, important to find your haunting, haunting voice, voice, really. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's, it's taken me a couple of couple of millennia, but I'm yeah. getting
0: there. Okay. Hey, you know okay. what, we got <laughs> another bit of time, am I right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're
0: dead. You know, Thomas, I've, I've been meaning to tell you, like, your You're translucence
1: is, like, lately. I'm, like, I'm just, just really impressed
0: oh. with that. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Franklin. You. You know the the secret is I haven't eaten in uh, in 300 years. Well, yeah, that that'll do it. That'll yeah. do. It. But you know what? That's that's what
1: the ghost hunters are looking for. Yeah. Oh my and God. They are gonna spot you.
0: Oh, they're God. gone. I can't. I can't, can't believe wait, that they keep coming back, back here. Is. It's just, oh, you <sighs> know, I don't. I don't mind. Like I don't mind the company, but they're just so annoying. Oh. Oh no. Oh, God again. Oh no. Okay. All right. Ooh. And set off their ESP reader. It's yeah, it yeah, tr- throw, that plate. throw okay, that plate. Hold on a, a second. Oh shit! I, I, I dropped, dropped it at the oh, wrong. Oh, they're scared. This oh, oh, fine. Oh, it it's worked. worked. It worked. It worked. It yeah. worked. Yeah. We gotta we do, do something, something to really scare them, them, though. Um, okay. You know, what like, about this? this they just—they're—they're they're eating this shit up. Like, we gotta know, do something I to get them to
1: leave and never
0: come back. Oh, they've got a camera. They've got a camera. stance you know, can you make yourself appear on the on the negative?
1: Yeah, I I've been practicing, practicing this. this. Hang on, hang on. Okay. Oh. You're good. You go Oh, yeah. I tried really hard. Did it work? Do you think it worked? I don't think so. They, they don't no, seem scared oh. anymore. They don't seem scared
0: anymore. Oh, oh, uh, oh. I'll turn on the TV and be a voice from, uh, from the static. Here nice, here
1: nice, nice, nice classic. <laughs>
0: health insurance can be the best health insurance for you you never have to worry about your health again after you purchase Blinko's health insurance for only 1999 a week They don't they don't seem scared I, I mean, mean you, you just sounded did. like a commercial I was like, I, it's been, been a while you, you weren't were threatening, threatening their, their lives, lives or, or telling them to get, get out, out.
1: It, was it was really just, just informative. informative they probably have better health insurance now. okay, okay what, what
0: if we uh, what, what if what, what if we take over their, their bodies? bodies? Ooh, and make them do stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can um, make them dance, dance or, or, or or do, do that creepy backwards, backwards walking thing. Oh my gosh! Do you know, know how to do that?
1: i will try that, uh, that for you. I just myself. Oh, okay. I, always I always break, break their, their
0: back. back. Yeah, I know, I
1: know. Okay, <laughs> what, what if you do the
0: arms and I'll do the legs? Uh, okay, okay. Like uh, a like, like a, a horse, horse costume. costume. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Move your 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 left leg a little bit. My hand's stuck. Sorry. Okay just oh, get my, my hand up around the sleeve. This is tighter than I thought it was. <laughs> Jeez. We're good to go. And five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Oh, I gotta get out of here. it
1: smells so bad. It's, you know, oh my gosh, you know. <gasps> I know I just, what is it? What is it? Maybe maybe we, we should, should tell them something. Tell whisper them something that it. will make them Yeah, you, you wanna whisper, whisper it? Yeah, if you do, do you do, do that one's here. I'll do the other ones, the one's here. here. Okay. Ready? Ready? All right. Ready. Talk tall to me. Is a proud member of the Factless small's Audio Network.
0: Ooh. They went to get pizza. Oh. I thought that would like really ruin their day, but. she you want it... to write in what? Yeah.
1: Let's write something about their moms.